Like, get in the back, kind of, you know, ready. <clears throat> There's a lot of staring at the mic, staring at yeah. you, staring at the mic, yeah, staring at nice. you. Trying not to stare at you in the eyes. Can I get lost? It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Words for Dinner. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And you have entered uh, a very special uh, episode. Mm. Uh, I think I say that every episode. But this one is special in the sense that it might even make you tear up a little bit. Ooh. A little tear in the corner of your mm. eye. Might make you feel a little joyous. Might feel some joy. Even some some fear. Perhaps Ooh. some other emotions fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Might make you jump out of your seat. Yeah. When we say, boo! Right? Did you jump? You might have. If you did, know. that's because uh, you're you're accessing the emotional fear. And this mm-hmm. is going to be an emotional episode. Of course. Because it's our last in-person episode for a while. It is. It is. And that's maybe why, subconsciously, we chose the word sentimental. It's true. I'm going to be, I'm moving. I'm in the process of that move as we record right now. It is totally. <laughs> I'm deep in that process. Chaos right now. 43 box, boxes packed now. 43. Selling stuff on Letgo and the Craigslist. That's a lot of boxes, man. Yeah, that is a lot of boxes. Well, most of them are small boxes. Oh. They're basically books. Yeah, yeah, because that's I've seen your bookshelves, man. They're I mean, intense. The fact that they're empty right now is a terrifying and yep. sad. B like whoa, all, all in boxes. How many forty boxes? So no, so there's forty three boxes, and I think right now we have thirty. Two boxes that are full of books, oh but like they're books and other stuff, right? So like when you fill a small okay, box yeah, yeah, of yeah, books, yeah. there's always like a corner or something like you know. So like I was stuffing stuffed animals or like small collectibles that I own, you know, yeah, or yeah. like some fragile stuff wrapped in bubble wrap, like in these things. So it's really like books plus like one or two other items. So it's okay, right? Yeah. So it's not 100. Um, Still though, if if that's yeah. like you know. 32 out of 42 or something like that. I don't yeah. want to do the math. And it's, like, it's a lot. And uh, a lot. we still – I probably have to pack to uh, my office, which is going to be another box full of books, at least one. Uh, my partner's office, there's going to be one or two boxes full of books. And then there's a, still another bookshelf that has books. At least you guys are moving into a place <laughs> with, like, the same amount of space or more. More space? Mm, so, no. It's actually a uh, – technically, it's less square footage, but – it's a house with a loft. Oh, okay. yeah. So, like, I like I'm part of me is like, yeah. so a loft is most likely going to be my word cave. Do you like it? Yeah. I coined it today. Yeah. Word cave. Yeah, I like it a lot. You going to record up there? Dude, where are you going to record? Probably man? up there. Probably up there. In the word cave. Is yeah. it going to just echo throughout the house? Oh, my God. Probably, and I hope it does, and I hope it annoys everybody. And that's actually so funny. No, I'll probably wear, like... <laughs> Like headphones oh, yeah, and the stuff. Get your gaming headphones on. Bro. Yeah, dude. You know it. You know it, bro. Uh, I'm going to probably record in my bed. Um, Excellent. And, or in a bath of, of essential oils. Dude. Of candles. Dude. Just because, like, I'm going to be trying to, like, reclaim, like, just being in your physical presence. Which that, is nice for me. Let me tell you something. You know what I mean? I love baths. You love baths? Like, like, like baths that fly around bats. and eat mosquitoes? Yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Mike. You're too sentimental. Yeah. You'd be correct. I fucking love baths. <laughs> I put some bubble bath in there. I have been known to drop a bath bomb in there. What? Right? Are but, you telling the truth right now? But I'm going to be honest. <laughs> the 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 cheap part of me yeah. feels like it's such a waste. Yeah. I know water. a lot of people like crack them in half, oh, right? The, yeah. The, the bath bombs. So yeah. like you put half and you get two uses on them. <laughs> They're luscious. 
They I are. just want to eat them though. They look like you know. Like, some of them look really, really delicious. Yeah, nice. Yeah. No man, some of them like you throw them in there and like rose petals appear. Yeah. Well, oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. You ever, you ever do but, that? No, I've never had a bath. It's a romantic. I've never had a bath big enough or like deep enough. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. To like justify a whole bath bomb. Right. Sure. You know, sure. I've always lived in apartments and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Apartment. Also, like you know, when you live in an apartment and you're renting, it's like someone came before you. You're probably going to be super like. You know, someone's going to come after you. I don't want to, like, lie in a tub that other people, like, who are strangers. Like, well, you know, it's just, it's I weird. clean it. Well, that's probably really smart. Yeah, well, I got you know, it, you know. This is, like, I don't know, not to get on tangent, dude, but, like, I use a gym at work, the work gym, mm-hmm. and it's got showers in it, thank God, because I could never mm-hmm. use it if I couldn't shower before going back to work. I'm an absolute mess after. <laughs> so, like, get in the shower, and uh, it's, like, you know, uh, it grosses me out. So mm-hmm. I bring these shower sandals. Thank God I have this. Yeah. Um. But, dude, so we should talk about the emotions that you feel. Do you, do you use the bath bomb because it makes you feel the emotions of, like, comfort and, and hominess? A little bit. You know, it makes me feel Safe, good. Yeah. Safety? My favorite thing to do is read while in the bath. Ooh, yeah. Maybe you, a candle. Do you uh, put uh, plastic sleeves on the book covers so they don't get wet? No. Whoa. You're I'm just, dangerous. You're man. just totally crazy. I risk it. You're a risk taker. Set up. Gambler. You ready? Yeah. Bath with some sort of bubble bath. It's usually bubble bath, right? Dude, I didn't know this lately, about you. Lately, I've been, a, <laughs> lately, I've been using a lot of stress relief bubble bath. Sure, sure. It's very nice. It's like <laughs> lavender smelling. It's great. I have some tea in stress relief. It's pretty good. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. I really like, actually, stress relief tea. That's actually... It's, yeah, it's, it's got point. licorice in it. Uh, see, like, I'm not too big into licorice, but I think I do like... No, it's... um. I don't know what brand of stress relief tea it was, but I didn't think it had licorice. Maybe it does. Anyway, point is, bubble bath. <laughs> Outside of the bath, right? I yep. always set up. I got the towel for when I'm done with the bath, right? Yeah. I always got some sort of drink. <laughs> often, to be fair, often it's usually a cool drink. It's like usually water. Yeah. Uh, ice water. Like yeah. nothing. It's never, like, I don't do a lot of wine. I'm not that sentimental. <laughs> oh. I winked, by the way. You didn't see me. Yeah, but, the, uh, the yeah, wink I mean, will communicate through the airwaves. Yeah. yeah, okay, good, good. They'll see it in their mind's eye. They'll feel eye. the wink. Yeah. Um, so, like, some sort of drink. Again, often uh, a uh, cold iced drink. Mm. Oh, and contrast, hot and cold, fire and ice. Yeah, Sun you know, fire and ice. Oh my god, I'm basically Game of Thrones. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I do that, and then I <laughs> Is also that bring. Over there? You no, no, no. I, I usually don't I'm do. I'm picturing booze. you reading do a book with a with a bath bomb. You know, just having a very comfortable, maybe some like. Some like ambient music on, maybe mm-hmm. like three piano chords, right? Yeah. Just it's night, maybe some candles, <laughs> yeah. And then you just reach over and just slam a fucking whiskey <laughs> shot, <laughs> right? Uh, so no, but <laughs> then also then I have a book, mm-hmm. and then I have a hand towel. Oh, wow. so what I do is I get in the bath, yeah. I get re- <laughs> like I get positioned. <laughs> I can take the hand towel, I wipe off my hands. This is very intimate. Put it down. <laughs> get the book. Read. <laughs> It's nice. It's Sounds very nice, great. man. It's you know, great, man. You're actually making me jealous. Um, I don't want to get in the bath with you, but it's making yeah, me yeah. want to have a bath. You know, it's nice. You really described it in a way that was that was sensory, uh, sensory, yeah, accessible. Sensory. It says sensory. <laughs> <laughs> Sentimental. Oh my. Oh my. God. We're Sentimental. Just gonna, we're already like we're on episode two for the day, and so like it's already. I'm already starting to like lose the powers no. of speech. No, man, you're doing a great job. You're doing good, too, man. No, you're doing an excellent job. You yeah, really painted that picture for me. It's nice. It's a good way to start. Yeah. With baths. Baths. At first, I thought you said bats. Oh, like bats? Like, like the things that fly? Yeah. 
Um, so I'm glad you weren't talking about that. So, Michael. Yes. I got to start with the word. Yeah. Once you're word. done with the bath, you get out. You're ready to talk about a word. It's I mean, where do you start? What do you do? What do you, what do you think of? It's sentimental, my friend. It is the word for today. I'm pretty excited about this. I think it is, like, you. I think that you made a good point at the start. It's a kind of weirdly good word for the time. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of ins yeah. and outs. Yeah, yeah. Complicated. Yeah, yeah. And and it also works with, it's about feeling. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we got a lot of things, right? Yeah. But sentimental is interesting. There's a lot of stuff. We're probably going to cover today. Well, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. For those who are readers and writers, mm-hmm. you're going to be thinking about one thing with sentimental. Mm-hmm. Those who might not be, you know, as as big of readers and writers, maybe not sure what sentimental means, right? Mm-hmm. Not sure mm-hmm. like how to feel about it. But yep. we're going to run through it. We're probably we're going to go chronologically. I'm Thoroughly. assuming, right? Yeah, let's try. Because I think I think OED is a good place to start for this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank which God is, for the OED, man. Well, yeah. And actually, I think, like, this is the first time in a while that the, we're going to actually quote from the OED a bunch. Oh, I think great. so. I think I'm so. I'm really excited. Remember yeah. the early episodes used to be so strong in the Oh, OED my God. We yeah. got off track. Started <laughs> reading Ray Comfort's just uh, uh, personal religious experiences from his blog. Just Googling random-ass shit and just reading it. <laughs> like, like nobody else can do that. I love it. Yeah, dude. Um, but let's start with sentimental. Okay. I got sentimental out. You got sentimental out. I got it out. Let's let's start with that one. We're gonna go to the root word sentimental. Mm. Talk about sentimentality. I know you got some stuff. I do for sentimentality. I'm yeah. excited about that. Actually, so do. Uh, but sentimental is the word we're doing. The root word is sentimental. There's a lot of definitions for sentiment, but right, like the sentimental, it comes from the French. Right. Okay. So, second second episode in a row mm. where we kind of have like a kind of French word, mm-hmm. and the big the big definition, right, um, is of persons, their dispositions and actions characterized by sentiment, originally in a favorable sense, mm. characterized by or exhibiting refined and elevated feelings, mm-hmm. uh, and then in later use, addicted to indulgence and in superficial emotion, apt to be swept by. Sentiment. So let me pause real quick because I think this is something we should dwell on. Yeah. But the definition you just read is the primary one that we're going to use. And I think it's important mm-hmm. because this is one of those, one of our favorite words. Yeah. One of the, our favorite things that words will do yeah. is they change over time. Yes. And what's interesting too, and I mean this seriously, right? Everyone, sentimental, sentimentality, and I think sentiment. Hold on, let me get to the end of sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. have not been updated in the OED mm. since 1912. I saw that too. So this is this is going to be fascinating. This is going to be fascinating it's because the ago. word, yeah, right. I mean, it's over 100 years ago, right? Yeah. Since it hasn't been updated. So all the examples that we have are pre 1912, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some of them break through to the 1900s, right? Mm-hmm. But very few actually do, right? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I think that's going to be a fascinating conversation piece because I think the uh, the first definition A, 1A, right, is like it's originally in favor sense and in later use addicted to indulgence and superficial emotion yeah. after we swayed by sentiment, right? That is different than the negative definition we have now, right? Like that is still holding on to some positive views, hmm. right? But sentimental now is much more negative, right? Yeah, so that definition, particularly sentimentality. Yes, right? And so, like, addicted to indulgence and superficial emotion, right, just means, like, it's still an emotion, 
right? It's still it might be superficial, like just like plain joy, right? Like, yeah. super, it's not very deep or very like deeply thought of, but it's still real. Mm. And the newest definition like moves mm-hmm. away from real completely. Yeah. Says so it's almost a fake emotion, right? Yes. So that's gonna be cool. Yeah. But you know, sentimental, right? So we got that. We also got just being a sentimental person. You got mm-hmm. a rising from sentiment or a refined aesthetic emotion, mm-hmm. which is obscure but like very much containing like that orig- the po- original positive definition of sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you know, rising like, and then uh, a matter of sentiment and not of material interest, often in something like sentimental grievances, right? Mm-hmm. That's good, right? And then in literary uh, literature, it's expressive of emotions, especially those of love, which that's cool because lit is something we're going to talk a lot about in this episode. We totally are. Last episode, science heavy. This episode might be a little lit heavy. Lit heavy, right? because, yeah. yeah. Because sentimentality is a big one in, in lit. I think uh, art, too, in general, like, yeah. right? Like our forte yeah. is literature. But that definition also includes music and other art. I yeah. think like that's, that can be something we could talk a little bit about. Yeah. But like literature is the main thing from my perspective that we can really shed some light on. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, I agree. We could get get all sentimental. We're not going to get sentimental about it, <laughs> but we're going to just cover it a little bit in a dispassionate, scholarly way. Not scholarly at all, really. If, if people are going to us for scholarly insight, they're, they're barking up the wrong tree. They're barking up the right they, tree. You know, some scholarly, though. <laughs> but I want to go to sentiment now, right? Because sentimental okay. kind of sets us up, but sentiment kind of feeds into that main word that yeah, we're going to be yeah, doing, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And sentiment, right... A lot of these definitions are personal experience of one's own feeling, sensation of a physical feeling, a sensible quality, intellectual or emotional perception. What? Some of these are obscure, mm. to be fair, right? Um, in sentiment, right? So sentiment has like a lot of different things, what one feels with regard to something, mm-hmm. right? a mental attitude, right? In a wider sense, an opinion, view, etc. But mm. that first definition, right? There's a lot. We got some... Beautiful old English, oh, and wow. I know I know people have been waiting for years. I have. I'm ready. So we got some Chaucer. Okay. Whew. We like him. So the first one, sentiment, some Chaucer. We got from Troilus and Cressida, or right, or, you know, Chaucer's Troilus and Cressida, mm. and Chaucer's Legend of a Good Woman. Mm-hmm. Or legend, legend, good women. It says legend of good women. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay. And so the first one from Troilus and Cressida, or Chrysiade, right? It's probably Chrysiade. Mm. For we to every Louvre, I me excuse that of no sentiment. I this end it, but out of Latin in my tongue it writ. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Chaucer, legend, good women. Yeah. Ye lures that can make of sentiment, in this cast ought ye be diligent to forthren me somewhat in my labor. You're yet again welcome. <laughs> another another quote from Trollus and Cressida yeah. and Chaucer. Yeah. She cold was and withoutent sentiment. These are confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> From Mandville's Travels. Oh, Mandville. And other trees there been also, <laughs> that barren win of noble sentiment. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Another Trollus and Cressida. I'm basically reading Trollus and Cressida for everybody. Okay. <laughs> or Chrysiade. 
Ye in my nakedy hearty sentiment <laughs> in healthy and do me shoey of thee sweetness. I think my favorite one of those is in my nakedy hearty. That's one of my yep. favorites. Yep. Because <laughs> I think you, I think you're supposed to pronounce the e's. I'm really bad at it. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I'm basically just having fun with it. But uh, but again, you know, sentiment adding to this idea that it's about feelings, right? Yeah. And these early uses mm. are good, right? Like, they're about people who feel things, right? Yeah. People who actually have yeah. feelings, right? Um, uh, having sentiment is often with sense, right? Like, the yeah. sen, like that beginning, yeah. that root word, that I Latin root that word. I too, dude, because, like, what, that's what's interesting to me is, like, there seems to be a connection. Like, sentiment does mean feeling. But it, if it, the diff, I feel like if people don't ask me what's the difference between saying the word sentiment as a noun and the word feeling as a noun. Yeah, I would say well, one it's addiction, obviously sentiment's a higher addiction. It's yeah. got to be, you know. But I think also like it's sort of got what you just said. Like it's got that sort of connection to the word sense. Yeah, yeah. Because sense has to do with the physical body, right? It's your your sixth sense, or your five senses, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have that. I get the from what I was reading too. I, I read the same thing. Like yeah. it's sort of like sentiment is a word that came about originally to mean a feeling in your in your mind. Yeah, that comes about directly from a sensory sensory experience. Yeah, they're connected. Yeah, and it, and it's it's all about that, right? So like sentimental. I saw somebody break it down with sen being that. Yeah. Like kind of feeling, right? Yeah. And then mental being in your thought, right? So like feeling thought, right? Almost, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like that. that's yeah, and that's kind of cool. Like I feel where thoughts, I feel feels and thoughts. I, th- I think thoughts. I think feels. I think, I think feels too. Yeah, that's right. good. I love it. It's a good way to be. <laughs> Actually, I do. I wasn't. I have the. I have the OED for sentimental, but I don't have the that that one that you got. Right oh, there. sentiment. Yeah, for sentiment. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and so this, you know, again, it's it's from French, right? If if people are interested, and like also, yeah, and uh, but it's old French, so then of course it's Latin, right? Really, and it's you know um, from sentire, which is to feel, right? Um, and so it's pretty close to you know again Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, all Latin and lang- Latinate languages, but sentiment and sentimental are positive, right? Yeah. The connotation here very clearly with a lot of these definitions is that it's a person who can feel, a person who can really feel something is sentimental or has yeah. sentiment, right? Yeah. And that's that's good, right? So like um I know that one of the things that uh early on sentimental would describe were men or women who could feel something deeply. Right yeah. or feel something um, a lot, right? Yeah. And there's one of one of the quotes, um, one of these definitions, which I'm not I'm not sure which which one yeah. which one it was, but I think this is um, I think it's a good example. I'm trying to find it real fast, but it's basically this this woman saying um, everything is sentimental. Oh yeah, yeah. so um, Lady Bradshaw. Or Bradshaw in uh, in S. Richardson correspondence, maybe right. Okay. Um, what, in your opinion, is the meaning of the word sentimental? So much in vogue among the polite, everything clever and agreeable is comp- comprehended in that word. So again, everything clever and agreeable, which is good. Mm. I'm frequently astonished to hear uh, such a one is a sentimental man. We were a sentimental party. 
I have been taking a sentimental walk, right? And so mm-hmm. these are all like, these are all elevated feelings. These are like yeah. refined, like they're they're good, right? Like these these feelings are above the rest, right? They're not just regular feelings; they're more advanced, right? Yeah. And this is this is a uh, seventeen forty nine. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And dude, like I'm with you. Like I think that there's this is good because we're starting to trace the history of this word, right? We're mm-hmm. starting to see where it came from and where the change happens. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um if you get if you keep going, we got entries from seventeen fifty two, seventeen sixty three. Um they're sort of continuing to, to make that point yep. that like this sentimental word is sort of mm-hmm. like it's a positive word. It's good to be sentimental. It's almost like uh, um you know, like the definition says, exhibiting mm. refined feeling. Like refined meaning polished. It's almost like a classy way of feeling feelings. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I think an interesting thing is that so there's three from the 1700s. Like what with what exactly you're talking about, right? Those that kind of definition. And then in 1823, mm-hmm. um, you start to see some tension there. Yeah, there it seems to be. Rousseau addressed himself to the sentimental classes, persons of ardent or morbid sensibility. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who believe themselves to be composed of finer elements than the gross multitude. Seems a little critical. Yeah, it's almost saying, like, like Rousseau addressed himself to the sentimental classes, right? So this is actually what, dude, I was, what I was thinking. You were talking mm-hmm. about literary earlier, right? I think we should do some explication this episode. This episode. Okay, yeah. Or maybe not quite that close, but, like, yeah, yeah. let's look closely at some of the word choices in, a, in the, yeah. the instances here because, like, if you – so, anyway, in that, in that case, right – says sentimental class. This is like, all right, this is our word. Yeah. Persons of ardent or morbid sensibility. That's weird because yeah. ardent means passionate, right? Yeah. Morbid, maybe that word also had a different meaning at that time. Might be a good word to do eventually. Be, oh, my God. Woo. You heard it here we first. We did it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Morbid means in our current parlance, right? Yeah. Like, like dark. Yeah. Gothy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, dark. So those are two very different adjectives. Yeah. I'm, I bet morbid meant something different. Maybe it I did. bet it did. But then he said, "Who believe themselves to be composed of finer believe themselves is critical. It's almost like saying like they Key. think they're better than everybody else, but they're not. And that that seems to be at the heart of where this definition starts to turn. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. like? And then it's you know it, it's addicted to indulgence and superficial emotion, like the definition says. And then the ones in the 1800s are like that, except for Dickens, which is like a pretty uh, significant. Difference actually, like to kind of go on a Dickens tangent, which I'm oh, sure at God. least a couple people will love, right? Who listens yeah. to the podcast? Yeah. Uh, read an article about um, a book, or I'm sorry, it was a review of a book. Uh, um, I think it was called Dickens and the Art of Sense uh, Sentimentality, oh, right? Really? Or or Dickens and Sentimentality, something oh. like that, right? And the review of the book was interesting because she kind of goes through and she kind of summarizes what each chapter is generally about, and basically the author of the book argues that. People criticize Dickens for being sentimental. Yeah, tiny tip. Right? Yeah, right? And so so actually all the time, like, that's what, like, critics, people who don't like Dickens very much are, like, say he's very sentimental. And I know that one of the famous cases was Virginia Woolf who had said that. Where I mean I'm paraphrasing here, right? Yeah. But like Virginia Woolf, like basically was like I don't like Dickens because he's sentimental, <laughs> yeah. right? I he has I too much sentimentality, yeah. yeah. Um, which is fair, right? Yeah. But her this woman's argument, who wrote the book, right, is that 
well, actually, like, Dickens is doing something with sentimentality, right? He's setting it up against, like, he's setting up sentimentality, like, the emotion or, like, connection to your emotions as opposite yeah. of people who are just cold and just just work within the mind, right? So okay. he's setting up, like, a heart and mind dichotomy, yeah. right? And so, like, he, all his heroes, all the good guys, right, are sentimental, right? All the, like, kind of bad guys, and I put that in quotes, air quotes, yeah. right? But, like, like the, not necessarily the good people are the ones against that, right? And that seems to be a Victorian thing. So, I don't, like, yeah. Victorian lit, like, I know a bit about, Victorian, but, like, not true. enough to, like completely like say this with complete uh confidence but it seems that what the book is arguing at least is that the sent like sentiment or sentimentality then is different than what we define it now and it was seen as like uh, a connection to emotions instead of a connection only to your head like pure cold logic yeah, right? right and that like you needed like emotion to be human right yeah. which that sounds fair. No, but dude, you know what's interesting about this? We're starting to we're starting to put this in context in terms of like the artistic movements of the yeah. time. Like you mentioned Victorianism, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that because if yeah. you look at the time period here, like when was the Victorian age? Wasn't it late seventeen hundreds to no. early eighteen hundreds? I think it's I think it's primarily in the eighteen hundreds. Okay, because so I think I think that uh, yeah, I think that and that yeah. coincided with Romanticism, right? Or was that American romanticism? American romanticism. So right, and that was all about yeah, emotions. So, so to be fair, we're talking about Victorian lit in Britain, right? Which is yeah. yeah so like, right. you know, but like two uh, different places. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like America, like America right. had different movements, right? right like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is interesting because just broadly speaking, like you just alluded to, like rom- romanticism, also Victorian, the Victorian age, like it's about changing views of morality mm-hmm. and also specifically about emotions and mm-hmm. about like passions right mm-hmm. it's like especially the victorian view was sort of like stiff upper lip bloke mm-hmm. like you know keep your shit under control mm-hmm. do not like act with any excessive emotion anywhere <laughs> yeah a little Button bit a little you know, bit, yeah. So obviously, there is an under. Yeah. There's layers under that, but like yeah. you know, there's the the prevailing message that we get. Gotcha. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I see what you're saying. And like, so, but the, I'm just looking at the years in the OED here, right? Because we just covered a number of different ways of yeah. looking at it. But at the the last one you just wrote was Dickens. 1864, mm-hmm. Victorian age is pretty much wrapped up by that, yeah. right? And by then, we've had that transition and the word has happened, yeah. right? I, that quote from Dickens says, I'm not setting up to be sentimental about George Sampson. And the way that sounds is like the way we normally see this word sentimental. Mm-hmm. It's sort of derogatory. Yeah. But right around, you read that that quote about Rousseau addressing himself. That's yeah. from 1823. The next one's 1827. I noticed Scott from 1827, Sir Walter Scott. He has this chapter, I think it's a chapter or a story called Highland Widow in a book called Chronicle of Canongate. Okay. Quote, never satisfied with dropping a sentimental tear when there was room for the operation of effective charity. Mm. I'm just going to use a little bit more close reading of that. There's really just two poles in the sentence where sentimental, a sentimental tear on one hand, is being contrasted with effective charity. In other words, saying sentimentality is not effective. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, I think that that echoes the one that you read before that, which is from 1823. Yeah. That's where it's changing is in the 1820s or maybe just before that. We've also talked about how sometimes OED can be a little delayed. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
It's like somewhere in the early couple decades, the 1800s, I feel like that's when we start to see this transition. Happen. Yeah, yeah. And it could be because of all sorts of things that are going on in Victorianism, mm-hmm. maybe romanticism. Well, I mean, it's the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, Just yeah. before that, right before Victorianism or during, I guess. Um, and if you think about it, like, I mean, during that, like, you move away from you know, like the kind of Wordsworthian, which I'm going to, I think, I think at some point I have a quote from Wordsworth, um, kind of about this, which I think is going to be good or kind of poignant, but like you move away from that, which is like, here's nature and talking about nature to like, here's like this industry. Mm. Right. And there's like a different, I don't know. There's a different way of looking at it. Right. I mean, like, you know, like it's different for everybody. Like even just the difference of going to a city as opposed to going to like a forest, right? Yeah. I mean, different there's emotions. different, yeah, there are different feelings and different things held there. I love um, nature, man. Oh, yeah. God. And so, and I, yeah, yeah, and I love cities, right? <laughs> but I think, but I think that, like, I think that even if on those opposite sides, we can appreciate that, like, what you would, if you're obsessed with, like, an in, with industrialism, right? Or, like, I guess industrialism is, like, just, I'm trying to be vague as hell, yeah. right? But just, like, the idea of, like, growth yeah. in that way, industry growth. You can see like beauty or terror or whatever in it, as well as in nature, right? And I can under, I understand that, right? Yeah. It's just different beauty, terror, sure. whatever, right? Yeah. It's different things, and it, but it makes sense to say that like if you're going to be sentimental, that it would turn bad, especially if it's only used in this like the Lady uh, Bradshay, right? Yeah, um, talking about those who are. The political elite, or like the the social elite, yeah, that's who are using it in a positive way, and you see a growth of people learning how to read, a growth yeah. of people like l- like learning how to write, and kind of in, who are of a burgeoning middle class, or at least like more working class, and of course they're going to be like, no, fuck that shit, right? Dude, this is I don't want to yeah. push your classism button, but like I think that this has to do with it because yeah, like, I think so, I think you know so. How, like movements, art movements, and even like like I don't know what you call it, like. Um, economic movements like industrialism mm-hmm. and, and modernism and yeah. stuff like that have to do with rejections of the thing from immediately before it, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, when we start to see the word mean one thing and then suddenly mean another, yep. it's almost like it's rebelling, perhaps mm-hmm. in a class-based sort of way, against, Makes like, sense. this refined, urbane view of using sentimental as, like, being, mm-hmm. like, lofty emotions that are better than mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. you know? And then all of a sudden it turns sort of sarcastic, they're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, we don't want to be sentimental here, because mm-hmm. we're sort of. It's like an indictment of those people that we're yeah. using it that way. Well, and think too, if you're if you're someone who in a in a practical reality has to work and ha- and has to, especially in like yeah. conditions like, right? I mean, industrial industrial revolution and pre industrial revolution working conditions ain't great. Yeah, even post industrial revolution working conditions yeah. ain't great. Hell, even contemporary <laughs> working conditions ain't great Hell in most no. places, right? Yeah. But like, if working conditions are so abhorrent that like you're dying and shit, yeah, and, like kids like, are that, working and getting, yeah. like. Like, the idea of having, like, lots of feelings, right, yeah. could be something that, like, it could be, like, very upsetting or drowned out by, like, the tedium of just having to work, having to yeah, do this thing. Yeah, and also having to thing. repress that shit. Like, yeah. You know, like, you can't be dealing with, like, intense emotions when you're trying to put food on the table. And yeah, you're working, and working like 18, 18 hours, hours days. Yeah. Oh, my God. And and your like, kids are working 18-hour yeah, days. Yeah, you're getting, Fuck. like... like 
acid splashed on you and shit, and like just like yeah. horrible workplace and like yeah. things your hand gets chopped off, and yeah. you're like, all right, get out. Yeah, like that. Uh, Replace you with someone new. Like the Sinclair, what's his name? Sinclair Lewis, the mm-hmm. jungle, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's you know expose of uh, working conditions. Yeah, in Chicago, right? Yeah, right. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Dick, like Dickens and other people also did that. They exposed those working conditions in yeah. in fiction, right. but like they ta- they were talking about contemporary things. Right? Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I, so that's probably a good reason why it would change right um it makes sense that like that transition like i like the way that you phrased it that the 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 group now or the group at that point was fighting against the group that came before right um that's good yeah makes a lot of sense i like it yeah so yeah so i think this is i think this is when we move away from oed because Mm -hmm. at this point like oed is only until 1912, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's 105 years ago. Yep. Right? Yep. And so now it's just, we got to move on. Uh, right. So, I mean, do you, like, what, you know, what do you got coming up? What do you got next, bro? Well, here's the thing, man. Buddy. Like, so I was focusing a little bit on sentimentality. Okay. Right? And maybe that's more of me being more interested in that sort of more modern no, yeah. view of the word. Well, I think I think sentimentality is just you know I mean it's a different thing, and I think it'll it'll be fun to talk about it because I think my next things are about sentimentality or being sentimental, which yeah, is yeah. sentimentality, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Um, because I think that's the way that we use it now, right? Yeah. Um, sentiment isn't as common, I feel, as sentimentality yeah. or sentimental. Yeah. Now, right? People I think just sentiment are using simpler words now to use. Yeah, like, yeah. Just don't go to that word directly. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's a higher diction word. It's, I th- I think you're right. Sentiment sentiment would be yeah. the sentimental word. Is that weird how that happens? Yeah. I like think. the root word seems loftier than like the yeah. the word with a suffix. Yeah. Or like a longer suffix. Yeah, I don't get that at all. Yeah, it's yeah. So weird, man. It's yeah. One of these things. We'd, we're just figuring it out, dude. Words just going dinner, through right? it. We're just figuring just, it out. Just fork and knife. Plate. Word on top. Cutting up that those words. Eating trying it. to figure it out. Chewing on Sentiment it. Sentiment might taste a little bit sour. A little Sentimental <laughs> might taste a little sweet. Yeah, a little, a little, yeah. little delicious. That's true. Sentimentality I might, what that might yeah, might be the worst. Yeah. yeah. Just it's, It is just turmeric. Yeah. Right? It's just that. Just pure paprika in your mouth. Just 100% just all in your mouth. I do like curry, though. It's one of those curries. I mean, I love, I love curry, too. But, like, listen, man. Like, you're going to take a, take a tablespoon of paprika yeah. and eat it? Isn't that a challenge or yeah, something? Yeah, actually, I think it's um, cinnamon. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Cinnamon's kind of delicious, but, like. But yeah, it dries like, out your it, mouth. Yeah, yeah, it sucks the moisture. <laughs> I've never tried it actually because I, I think like, yeah. it sounds like the most like, I knew, shitty. I, I knew somebody who tried who that? tried the gallon of milk thing. Oh yeah, I have friends that tried that too. Did they do it? No, because like people say it's impossible, but I think it is. Here's the thing: Joey the Jaws Chestnut. You know how mm-hmm. much I love him. Yeah, he constantly wins the Nathan's Hot Dog mm-hmm. Challenge. Yeah, yeah. This guy, he he's done. And oh, okay. the way to do it is you just have to do it really fast. You have to yeah. chug that shit. What that means is he trains his stomach. Yeah. Like, he drinks milk all the time so he can do it. Mm-hmm. It's also because of the way milk is, like, right? It, like, yeah, neutralizes yeah. acids in your stomach. And yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it makes is, you puke, right? Point yeah. is, tasty. Word. 
All right, tell me, tell me about sentimentality. Where do you start with sentimentality? Okay, sentimentality. I got some things too. I also like think I'm interested in it from that artistic perspective. Okay, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe this is a little bit of a tangent for some people who are like, "Wait, go back to the history. I really like the history." And it's like, yeah, this is about history too. But I, you know, like let's get some well, things out of the way. Here. Well, I think I think that this is the history, right? Because yeah. I think that the the big history part. Because I want to I want to lay the fears, the 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 the, the, the fighting. Yeah. The the internal combustion yeah. engines of mm-hmm. the people listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And say, I think that sentiment and sentimental used to mean one thing yeah. and have have moved steadily closer yeah. to meaning something opposite. Yeah. Right? So I think we talked about that beginning, it being positive. Yeah. And now we're moving towards, like, contemporary times, oh, right? Cool, cool. I mean, OED stops 105 years ago, man. Yeah. we got to make up that time. Right. And I think within that time... Sentiment uh, drops away as a word that we don't use as often as sentimental or sentimentality, and we're going to use them in the in this way. So yeah, right. and you know yeah, cool. In that case, here's an article from 2004. Okay, right, not too long ago. It is from the Baltimore Sun, and uh, it's written by this uh, this professor, um, I think Carnegie Mellon professor named Joan Mellon. Right, mm-hmm. uh, no relation to John Carnegie Mellon. Anyway, point is, <laughs> maybe uh, Who it could knows? be. It's actually like just this. It's pretty funny because I think the Baltimore Sun is like you know it's like a newspaper. Or maybe they're just online now, but it's uh, this is like a very kind of academic article to be appearing in a place like that. It's called "Sentimentality, Which Cloaks Truth, Should Be Mopped Up," and it's just a, <coughs> it's just a general criticism of sentimentality. Whoa! Basically, it's an article that starts out by introducing it, and then it's just like. A laundry list of examples of sentimentality. Oh, can you in different actually, literature? I could actually. It would take forever to go through all of it, but I, I don't want to go through all of it. I would I love to see some. Yeah, yeah. Please. So let me just read a little bit from the beginning. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spoiler alert: Mellon is opposed to sentimentality. <laughs> she says, "When I when I told a writer friend of mine I was writing about sentimentality, he said, are you for it or against it?' Conventional wisdom holds that sentimentality is categorically repugnant.'" A wallowing in unearned emotion, the enemy of reason, balance, and truth. Sentimentality does possess stalwart defenders, among them the novelist John Irving. Mm. And she goes on to quote him, mm-hmm. defending it. She says, there's no scientific measure of when sentiment slips into sentimentality. Mm-hmm. Emotion in excess of its object. So just we can see, she's backing up what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. As with pornography, oh, which uh, words for dinner episode, yep. check it out. Most taken I know it when I see it approach uh-huh. at times we turn a blind eye to sentimental exaggerations and even welcome the indulgence then she quotes Michael Moore from Fahrenheit 9-11 oh. she talks about Dickens um, Tiny Tim oh, yeah. Um, yeah and then she goes on to just basically list a lot of different examples of sentimentality she says sentimentality cheats and manipulates the reader um, so the sun also rises in overvaluing Jake Barnes' stoicism, the sun also rises. Hemingway, intruding his own personality, permits style to supplant substance. So she just gets in this little dig at mm-hmm. Hemingway there. She mentions Victoria, uh, Virginia Woolf in To the Lighthouse. Um, the English patient. Let's see. Anyway, I think that's mostly it. There's a, there's a bunch of other ones. Do you, right? Does she give quotes? She can gives you, a bunch of quotes. Like, can you read a quote? Yeah, uh, let's see here. Give me, uh, give me the English patient example. Um, you know what? I think these are these are quotes of mostly critics. She okay, doesn't really, okay, okay. She doesn't really, but the um, and and that's what I have too is mostly mm-hmm. critics commenting. 
Yeah, yeah. So that, that we should maybe look at an example of some actual writing. But she she also says the bridges of Madison County. She says short story writer Joy, Joy Williams once said that good writing never soothes or comforts, excluding such excursions into sentimentality as the bridges of Madison County with its credulity to finding love story. Anyway, um, mm. see, because yeah. all right, so I I was looking at a lot of stuff, and a lot of things didn't give like the quotes that are sentimental. Right. Right? Right. They were like, this part is sentimental, and they would, like, summarize it. <laughs> I think that's interesting. It's very subjective. Like, she was yeah. saying, like, you know it when you see it, right? Yeah, which is which is then a very subjective thing, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's, and if you're going to be making an argument, sense. man, you got to come up with some more. I mean, like, she's just, she's definitely got a bunch of examples, but she doesn't necessarily quote all of them. She does mm. say the Michael Moore thing, right? Fahrenheit 9-11 is filmed. His unrelenting ridicule of the actions of a sitting president may override excesses like his overlong focus on a mother's grief for her son. So she mentions, like, that scene and then the mm. the extreme criticism of the president, the former president. Yeah. So it's like these two things, you know, sort of like some people so are like going to be gr- willing to forgive that and some aren't. So the grieving mother thing seems like too, too much, much yeah. when your point is to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so okay. I guess it has to do with the argument that's being made. Mm. Literature. It's hard. A lot of it. Art is hard. Yeah. So people, point is, this is an article I found. It's recent times. Yeah. It's aware of the dichotomy within the yeah. word. And it's saying, hey, here's a bunch of examples from literature where this happens. It's a it's a crime. It's a sin. Mm-hmm. And I think there's even more <laughs> quotes. I think um, you and I both found a ton of quotes by different yeah. authors yep. um, about sentimentality yeah. right, and how bad it was right. and I got one from James Baldwin right? okay. oh, I um, love me some Baldwin who, do, who fucking love. doesn't uh, from everyone from the essay Every, everybody's protest novel in which the quote is this sentimentality the ostentatious parading of excessive and spurious emotion is the mark of dishonesty the imbi- inability to feel the wet eyes of the sentimentalist betray his aversion to experience his fear of life his arid heart, and it is always, therefore, the signal of secret and violent inhumanity, the mask of cruelty, cruelty, right? Which is intense. But It's like he's always saying where they're faking it. Yeah, so so this is important, too, because I think that quote's an intense quote, but I think context yeah. matters a lot here, which is that Baldwin starts this, right? this is an excerpt from everyone's protest novel right Mm. so just before this he says uncle tom's cabin is a very bad novel Mm. having in in itself uh it in its self-righteous uh its self-righteous virtuous sentimentality much in common with the book little women Mm. then after the quote that i just read he goes back to uncle tom's cabin he's talking about uncle tom's cabin right he says like its descendants is a catalog of violence this is explained by the nature of Mrs. Stowe's subject matter, her laudable determination to flinch from nothing in presenting the complete picture, mm-hmm. an explanation which falters only if we pause to ask whether or not her picture is indeed complete and what constriction or failure or of perception forced her to so depend on the description of brutality, unmotivated, senseless, and to leave unanswered and unnoticed the only important question – what is, after all, that moved her people to such deeds? So, what's interesting here is that he he's critical of Uncle Tom's Cabin for being violent mm. 
showing violence and in depth, mm. like intense violence, but not questioning the person who's being violent. Okay. And that's so, what's sentimental is like. So that's what he's saying, right? And so that's why he says that it's um, it's a parading of excessive emotion. And here I'm just taking parts of it, right? It's dishonest, right? It, it, it can't feel. It has an inability of feeling, right? Huh. Uh, it's, uh, it's a fear of life. You know, uh, it is always, therefore, the signal of secret and violent inhumanity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, those are strong terms. Yeah. So, that. like, sentimentality, it, like, for, for Baldwin, is about, tre- like, inhumanity. It's about treating people inhumanely. And we're back. Clearly, this is not this is not uh, the end of that sentence that you just heard. Um, yeah, Max and I are back, uh, far away, not together, further away in time than that was. Um, in space. Yeah, yeah, we definitely lost that part of the episode, <laughs> just like our. <laughs> uh, Clearly, we had a tech issue, and we've been struggling to try and recover about 45 more minutes of us talking about sentimental and sentimentality, but we just couldn't do it. Um, So here we are, kind of filling in the gap for you here. So you get Max and Mike like a month ago, or a month and a half, two months ago? Two months ago, yeah, yeah, two months ago, and now you get Max and Mike two months in the future. We're older, we're wiser, better looking, but much better looking, right? Maybe. Well, one of us is. You. It's not me. It's definitely no, you. No, it's it's you. Man. Oh, stop it, dude! I really stop the best it. part that the audience can't share in yeah. is that I can I can see Michael in his element right now, and he's totally like just he's just doing his thing. Yeah. Like he's got some Hulk gear going. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's really nice to see. Yeah, so clearly from what Max was saying, um, at the beginning of the Sentimental episode, we let everybody know that that was the last episode (laughs) we were doing when we were going to be in the same state. Uh, And now uh, I am in Illinois. (laughs) And Max... What a weird-ass place. Yeah, Max is in New Jersey. What? (laughs) It's also a weird-ass place. I know, it's so weird, it's so weird. Dude, this is weird, man. But you know what? Like, of course, like, Words for Dinner is the podcast that, like, other podcasts, like, in between episodes, something like that would happen. <laughs> but in Words for Dinner, it happens, like, in the middle of our yes. episode, which is actually perfect. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, so I don't remember what I was saying to finish <laughs> the conversation about James Baldwin and his critique of uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. But I'm just going to leave it. I think I said enough at that point. Like, I think, like, that was good. Um, and I do want to go to you. I know you got some stuff. None of this stuff is what we actually talked about uh, two months ago. Yeah. So it's just some new stuff yeah. that we looked up. But I know you have some more stuff on sentimentality and sentimental. I'm interested what you what you got to say. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a couple things that I found, and, uh, and we'll go from there, man. Okay, cool, dude. Well, like, dude, I feel very sentimental about our last episode yeah. because, like, there's so there's so much that's gone. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we actually got a chance to listen to uh, leading up to this session today, and it's, uh, 
it's just very interesting like like you said like moving time and space around like that mm-hmm. um, it's funny really really quick do you know I can live tweet this right now my god I'm gonna live Dude, tweet I, it this is just this is transformative experience this is man. so transformative I'm logging on I'm, to Twitter right now I don't even like Twitter that much and <laughs> and I'm just gonna log on and I'm just gonna I'm just I'm gonna say right now we are yeah. we're working on it and of course, our old student Ahmed, gonna be the only one who likes any of these posts. You know, like it's I'm the perfectly okay with he's, that. He's I'm hilarious. totally fine. I love that guy. You know, anyway. like every every wildly popular person has to start with some sort of base. Yep, it's true. We got a, yeah. we got a pretty solid base. I like our base, our fan base. We do. Yeah. Our shout out to our English fans. Oh my god! Right, and and our math fans. Yeah. Like Chris, uh, what's his name? Chris. I just know his first name. I can't remember his last name now. He's amazing. He talks to us on Twitter all the time. Anyway, go ahead with what you're saying. I'm sorry. Okay, cool, cool. No. So let's pick it up here. I I know that, like, we've been talking a a great deal about, like, some literary references and some things that, um, like, take us back in time to the Victorian era. And Mm -hmm. I even, like, I even tried to, like... Like demonstrates a very poor understanding of like of uh, uh, synchronous or uh, simultaneous <laughs> uh, artistic movements that are going on in other parts of the world, and I did a bad job of that. But um, so let's move away a little bit from that uh, that literary side of things and take things to these uh, take this uh, conversation to two new words. Right? They're mm-hmm. related, but they're sentimentality mm-hmm. and sentimental. Sentimentality is the first one, and I think that one is is interesting to look into because. We, it takes us in that direction of being more critical of the the root word, you know? Um, okay. Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. in the OED, our friend the OED, which we can still talk about mm-hmm. even at like 2,000 miles difference. We are not even close to 2,000 miles What apart. do you think it actually is? It's it's like 800 miles apart, man. That's, that's not that many. Not even. I don't even think that's accurate. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, you'll check it out. This is a game changer right now. <laughs> You should tweet about the number of miles. Actually, just ask everybody how many miles it is, and we'll get an we'll get an answer. <laughs> Somebody will answer while we're on the no, air man. right now. No, man, I just googled Google Maps. That's what we're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna... <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh sweet oh, man! My god. All right, dude. Also, while while uh, we're recording, I want you to like fill me in on what's going on on Facebook too. Uh, well, I'm not on Facebook. I'm on uh, Twitter. Okay, cool. That works. Social media. 185 miles. Wow. Oh, this does change. This changes our podcasting game 100%. We used to just be sitting at a table and not be able to know. <laughs> now we can know. All right, so okay, sentimentality. Right. Um, so the definition of this, there's got an A and a B definition according to the uh, OED. The first is the quality of being sentimental. The affection of sensibility, exaggerated insistence upon the claims of sentiment. So I've harped on this problem before, but I don't yeah. think it's a definition. If that definition uses the word it's trying to define in its definition, you know, it's doing that. So, like, I don't understand. Like, this is the best dictionary in the English language, arguably uh, speaking, and it's still doing that. So it's a little weird. I, I don't get it. Uh, but it's it's rough. It's rough. It's rough, man. So this is actually, speaking of rough, like, it's about to get, like, this is possibly going to be the roughest moment in the episode because I am about to attempt to read Old English. Um, I know, I, Michael, that's usually your wheelhouse. Yeah. But, so, but you do you do know that in the beginning of this episode, two months ago, I read Old English. Yeah. So in, in one episode, 
we'll have both of us reading it, and people can judge us as much as they want. It's going to be great. Yeah, there as as usual. And honestly, like that was something I was going to put in the appetizer, dude, because because you had some choice old. I think it was some of my favorite <laughs> readings of old English that you've done in this. Episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in oh, particular, do you remember Nakedy Hearty? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nakedy Hearty. Uh, yeah. yeah that, I I think that I want that to be my screen name from now on. Yeah. Nakedy Hearty. It's just very evocative, man. It's very sentimental. So, all right. So I'm going to read you a quote, all right? This okay. is, uh, what the hell is it? Okay. Of course, like, my papers are, like, super loud. All right. Um, okay. So this is the first instance of a contextual example in the OED of that definition I just read you for sentimentality. It's from 1770. It's from something called the Monthly Review, which is out of London. So this is the 1700s in London, right? So it is kind of, okay. we are kind of picking it up where we left off a little bit. Um, yeah. And the quote is simply in a fit of tenderness and sentimentality. And when I read that, I was like, what the hell, man? Like, that's not helpful at all. That's like four words. That's not going to like make a point or help us at all. But it is the first instance. So I was like curious about it. And I was like, what's it? You know, maybe I can try to go back and try to find the primary source. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 So I did. I did that. And in fact, I found it. Uh, I'm by, so excited. Yeah. By using Google. I found this thing, which you two can do at home. It's, it's G-O-O-G-L-E dot com. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm dying. Yeah, oh. you're done? You okay? Oh, okay, I'm better. Yeah, drink, drink from the Hulk mug. Oh, man, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> But, dude, that had me going. That, uh, I'm crying. Yeah. I'm, I'm really crying. No, oh, it's, my God. it's okay, man. I, dude, oh, man, it's so nice just, like, seeing your beautiful face, dude. All right. Yeah. So, the monthly review, right? So, this is uh, volume 42 from, from that year. And I'm going to just read you a little bit more of the primary source. And we're going to hear that quote I just read you within it. And hopefully, it's going to make more sense, right? Okay. So, I'll just pick up. It's, it's again, it is a long paragraph. So, it's not going to make 100% sense, but maybe a little bit. Right? <laughs> So let's see here. Um, the author, he's talking about an author here. This author is speaking about another author. And that's gotcha. what he means by he. He says, he sometimes deals in such extravaganzas as not only violate in the grossest manner the laws of probability, but are an outrage to common sense. Thus he says, I knew a virtuoso who sued for a divorce against his once beloved rib because she had inadvertently spoiled the wing of a dried butterfly. Did you, sir, know the virtuoso who actually sued for a divorce on this wonderful ground for a reparation? Then he must have met with a proctor as ridiculously mad as himself who could undertake to manage the case. In other places where he overshoots the mark, the absurdity is more laughable, as where, in a fit of tenderness and sentimentality, Mm. he introduces a white handkerchief which had given to him by the lady from the Almira, quoth he, I received it wet, wet with the crystal drops which had fallen for the death of an indulgent father. And I'm just going to stop there. So, I don't <laughs> know if that makes more sense. It probably actually, it's more information, but I don't know if it makes more sense. But the, <laughs> that is definitely a long-winded quote, right? But the reason I wanted to share that with you guys, and I could have read a lot more, but you're welcome. Yeah. I decided not to. But Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. But I was actually doing a pretty good job, if I do say it myself, of like translating this old english like there's there's totally s's that are typed in this document as f's 
Um, there's like, uh, and other ones too, like F's or S's, right? Um, there's R's come out differently. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's sort of like old school typed in an yeah. old school way. So, um, I had to dig through that. So hard to say really what's going on there, but it gives us a little bit more context for what that sentence is all about. Okay. Right? But my, my main point for bringing this up is that this is where 1770 is where the, the OED first documents this, um, this introduction of this, um, critical variation on the original term, mm-hmm. right? Sentimentality, right? Nice. So are we still in Victorian times in 1770? Uh, in England. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's, well, no, no, that's pre Victorian times. No, it is. isn't it? I don't know, man. Oh, uh, now I'm having a hard time. <laughs> man, I should brush up on my literary yeah, uh, eras. Yeah. It's um, okay. No. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, 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 man. I, 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 also, like, to be clear, that's not Old English. Old English is yeah. like the 1300s. So yeah, you're right. Whatever. Right. So you yeah. just did a really good job because it was regular English. Yeah. Well, so I it feel was like re- you set me up. I did, you know, like, actually, you're totally right, man. Like, that wasn't Old English, but it felt like, I don't know, what do you call it when it's, like, typed like that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, like, a, uh, alternative spelling or just, like, uh, like that transition. Like, you know, when people read Shakespeare and have a hard time reading yeah, it. exactly. Right? Like, it's, like, an older form of English. It's not contemporary, right? But it's not, like, Old English, like, the the actual language Old English, right? Which is... Right. Like, almost completely different, has different rules than modern English, right? So that's just, like, an older version of modern English, maybe? Okay. okay. I don't know. Someone should correct us if we're wrong about that. Someone yeah, should they let us know they about will. that. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, it'll yeah. happen on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, exactly. Like, it, that's from 1770, but, like, it still did, like, you're right. It totally looked and sounded on the page, like, like Shakespeare, which was 200 years yeah. before that, right? Thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'm just going to keep going, bro. Okay, yeah, keep, keep going. going. Okay. So yeah, yeah. there's a few more under sentimentality that I wanted to bring up. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so that's definition A. Definition B is just the plural, sentimental notions, but it's still along the same lines. This like vaguely critical, like people, the way people are looking at sentimental is changing, right? So okay. now we have another first primary source that I'd like to read, right? This is a separate oh. one. Yeah. So this is another one, and this is from 1828, Thomas Carlyle. Uh, Thomas Carlyle is kind of a famous guy. Yeah. Do you know anything about him? Uh, a little bit. Like, I had to study him in... I don't remember. No, in Victorian. In Victorian yeah. lit. So whatever he was around is Victorian. Uh, so I had to study a little bit of what he wrote. Um, but, I mean, that's years ago yeah. now. Bring um, it back. But like I remember, I remember liking him though. Like I remember like appreciating things he had to say. But anyway, okay, go cool. ahead. Well, is he? I, I got the sense that he's like uh, a critic. Anyway, getting back on track, we're talking about Thomas Carlyle. So this is his quote from the definition for sentimentality. It's from 1828. It's from um, it's from a book um, called the well. It's from an essay, a long essay called "The Life of Robert Burns." Now, Robert Burns is a poet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is. Thomas Carlyle uh, doing a critical essay on Robert Burns. And and I read some of it, and it was, like, definitely starting from the get-go. Like, yeah. it's like, Robert Burns was born in blah. And I'm like, whoa, this is, a, this is really complicated. Yeah. So this is, that's from the first part, or as he calls it, part first. 
And uh, this one, the second... <laughs> so the quote I'm going to read is not from the first part. It's from part second. All right, so let's see here. I'm going to just... This is more... Um, so the quote from the OED is, here are no hollow, fantastic sentimentalities. Mm. So that's, again, that's why I decided to reach back and find the actual f- primary source, okay. because it's like it's like four words again, and there's no context at all, and it's just not helpful. Mm. So I thought maybe I'll just read more more of that. Yeah. Okay, quote. This is Thomas Carlyle. Um, and again, we're dropping into the middle, but I'm, I'd like to give you a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So he says... Some sort of enduring quality they must have, for after fifty years the wildest vicissitudes in poetic taste, they still continue to be read, nay, are read more and more eagerly, more and more extensively, and this not only by literary virtuosos and that class upon whom transitory causes operate most strongly, but by all classes, down to the most hard, unlettered, and truly natural class, who read little, and especially no poetry, except because they find pleasure in it. <clears throat> The grounds of so singular and wide a popularity which extends in a literal sense from the palace to the hut and over all regions where the English tongue is spoken and well worth inquiring into. Mm. After every just deduction, it seems to imply some rare excellence in these works. What is excellence, he asks. (laughs) So I'm almost done. He says, to answer this question will not lead us far. The excellence of Burns is indeed among the rarest, whether in poetry or prose. But at the same time, it is plain and easily recognized. His sincerity, his indisputable air of truth. Here are no fabulous woes or joys, no hollow, fantastic sentimentalities, no wire-drawn refinings, either in thought or feeling. The passion that is traced before us has glowed in a living heart. The opinion he utters has risen in his own understanding and been a light to his own steps. Yes. Yeah. Long one. Long one, right? Yeah. But, like, so what do you think about that? To me, like, when I read that, I actually am not so sure that it's trying to be critical of sentimental anymore. Hmm. I don't know. It seems a little sentimental, like, a little critical of sentimentality, but, like, uh, a specific type of sentimentality, right? So similar to yeah. the way that um, that uh, Baldwin was talking about, um, you know, Uncle Tom's Cabin, it was about a specific type of of sentimentality or like a specific definition of it. But I think that like that leads us to a pretty broad thing that at least I discovered through a lot of the conversations, a lot of things that we looked at, uh, you know, two months ago and now, which is, yeah, everyone has a different definition of sentimentality, right? There is no actual definition. And I actually had, had a, a source, an interesting one from, uh, is this from from the Kenyan Review? It's called a, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called a note on sentimentality. Uh, an author, uh, Amit. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce that last name because I'm going to butcher it like crazy. So I'm not going to do it. But it's from March 2013, and even that article talks about um, talks about there being different definitions of sentimentality about like different people define it differently that like, again, we know it when we see it, like we talked about previously, you know, and that it's bad. Right. And I put air quotes in there. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally see that dude. And you know what? Like it, it is helpful though to read more of the context, isn't it? Wasn't that kind of interesting? Yes. It was actually really interesting. 
Like, to hear the author's voice and to, yeah. like, just see what the hell it was they were trying to talk about at the moment. And I think it goes to something that we talk about a lot, which is that when you start digging into things, they become more complex and interesting. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm pretty much wrapped up, honestly. Like, those – I just – like, that's what I was excited about yeah. was, like, reading to you guys a little bit. Like, <laughs> like in second grade, how uh, my second grade teacher used to, like, open a, like, picture book and give us some gummy worms and we would just shut the hell up and she would just read to us for a little that's while. That's excellent. Um, but uh, just just one or two tiny tidbits, dude, that I want to, like, share with you. That was Sentimentality. Yeah. This is um, from Sentimental in the OED. Yeah. Um, again, I'm sort of lumping them together because I, I, my opinion is that they're they're sort of doing this vaguely critical thing yeah. I've been talking about. Yeah. But here's a here's a good example. Um, uh, 1862 from M. E. Braddon in a in a book uh, called Lady Audley's Secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote: You have no sentimental nonsense, no silly infatuation mm. to fear from me. End quote. So. You can see he's actually th- this author is calling infatuation silly, yeah. like pretty explicitly. Yeah. So that's 1862. So somewhere from the 1700s to the 1800s, we get a pretty clear shift. Yeah. Um, and you know that's happened a lot to us in the past, where we've been doing an episode and it's like we see an evolution over time. Yeah. And I'm always like, I always get sort of like excited about like trying to pinpoint where it is. Yep. But you just can't always do it. That's true. I have a theory. So we came up with one theory already, which was that this kind of growth came out of, um, which we talked about previously, right? So in the part of the episode that wasn't deleted, um, we talked about how (laughs) there's, uh, you know, the upper classes use it. And then like this kind of burgeoning middle or like reading class comes out and then like decides, oh, that thing that they're doing, fuck them, right? Fuck the the bourgeois, right? We're not going to do that, right? But I think another theory, right? is based off of two different texts that I want to mention really quick. I want to turn you on to them specifically, also to our listeners, right? Um, Yeah, the first one is in American Literary History. So it's an academic journal. You can find at least the beginning on JSTOR for free, right? Um, For free? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you can find all of it, for, but at least the beginning of it, right? Now, the text is called What is Sentimentality by June Howard. Right? And there's one part that I want to, like, so she has this kind of beginning that she says people talk about sem- sentimentality quite a lot. They seem to know what they're talking about. You know, it's bad. People don't like it. Right? You know, like we said. Yeah. But then she says, sure. um, you know, she has this paragraph where she says, we need to move on from arguments for and against sentimentality to the task of conceptualizing it as a transdisciplinary object of study. So some academics speak there. Basically, we got to dissect this, right? Like, what does it mean yeah. to call something sentimental or to say that it has sentimentality? Oh, nice. And she says this, which I kind of got from a different book we'll talk about in a second, which is, she says, many readers will agree that it's time for these uh, literary historians to vacate the discourse of judgment, discourse, wow, of judgment that has characterized so much work on sentimentality. The terms, um, you know, are familiar to the popular novels published by women in the mid-19th century represent basically sentimentality right like there's more complex in there or complexities in there but but when do women start publishing in english 1700s brah 
so 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 if we're looking at this right like there's also this connection to femininity and specifically women you know publishing books that um weren't considered quote-unquote high literature right there's always exceptions i'm not gonna like i don't want to get too much into that stuff but sure but there's this book which i got really excited about right called hard-boiled sentimentality the secret history of american crime stories right so, oh, dude, I love the sound right? of that shit. That sounds like you, like uh, salacious. You put the phrase "the secret history of" in a book title, Mike is gonna oh. buy it. Mike is gonna get. Dude, out I'm gonna it. buy. Everybody's gonna buy. That automatically sells. We could put anything in between the like the pages of that book, and people yeah, would buy it. Just pictures of guns, and people would be like, "Wow." <laughs> anyway, so so this text yeah. looks interesting, right? uh the you know the summary of it's really cool it sounds really great and then i found that google books right again g double o e l e right um had nice man had part of the book for free online right okay nice and i kind of i started reading it right because i was like okay i'm interested what you know what's you gonna talk about and the introduction Right, he's making this kind of argument generally, and again, I've only read the first like two pages, but I thought this was interesting and an interesting connection with the JSTOR article. Is he says that he's backtracking the creative bloodlines, right? These are his words, right? Oh, I love um, this. Yeah, from the rough, uh, roughly simultaneously simultaneous birth of the domestic guy detective and the serial killer. In order to locate the origins of these two figures, I moved. Backwards through crime fiction of the 20th century, oh, nice through the beginnings of hard boiled in the in the 20s, 1920s, right? into the soft boiled. Well, oh my god, hard boiled fiction! I love hard boiled. It's delicious. Fiction, so like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Anyway, some pepper on. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. You need to go get a snack <laughs> after this. <laughs> and then, and further back, the sentimental novels of the 19th century. The sentimental novels of the 19th century. The result is an intellectual history of hard-boiled fiction, a story that tracks the nation's most self-consciously masculine fiction back to a genre dominated by women and focused on the family household. (laughs) Dude, I did not see that coming. You just blew the doors off this shit. Yeah, and it's kind of like a weird argument that that, uh, June Howard is kind of going against, which is this idea that women writing... 19th century, so this is the 1800s, right? Um, yeah. That he's talking about, at least in this book, Harboiled Sentimentality, are writing sentimental novels. What the fuck is a sentimental novel? I don't know, man. And let me tell you, it sounds like it's, it's like, deals with emotions or deals with things that now we would probably be more okay with in our literary fiction, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, more okay, again, in air quotes, yeah, right? Yeah. But, dude... It seems also connected to that. So this is interesting because when we talk about a word, right, some words have clear connections to masculinity or femininity, right? And it seems like sentimental and sentimentality is connected to femininity, right? Which means, yeah. yeah, which means that we don't, and it has a negative connotation because how do we associate femininity in this culture? Negatively. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so like they go hand in hand. That's interesting. Well, it's right? like I'm just yeah, saying. negatively, so. yeah. And like we could also talk. We could go on about this, dude. Like and like I know this is sort of like stuff that really fa- it fascinates me too. Honestly, like yeah. this is the sort of thing that really like gets my goat sometimes. And it, like mm-hmm. it's like 
I don't know. This is where we talk about power and power dynamics in society, and that's where oh, yeah. we get off track. But like, yeah, and definitely like, and if not, if we want to like like enrich those characterizations a little bit, like sentimentality, yeah. if if it's if it's interpreted to be feminine, sometimes it's like mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not glorifying femininity in that way. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's yeah. sort of that's sort of not cool in that way. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's interesting that words come with baggage as well, right? So, like, when we've talked about moist before, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah moist comes yeah. with uh, – and I, I, I use it as a point of, like, context because yeah. the baggage that it comes with is a pretty, like, whatever baggage, right? Yeah, but yeah, it comes yeah. with the baggage that if you're going to say that word, you you know or you should know that there are a large group of people who dislike the sound of that word, right? Yeah, they hate it. Um, yeah. And so when you say it, like, you bring in that baggage of dislike, right, of word aversion, right, into the conversation. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with sentimentality. If I tell you your fiction is sentimental, right, there's it's... actually, like, an, an extra layer that I might be telling you, Max, a male, that yeah. your fiction is too feminine. Yeah, exactly, and that's dude. And that's fucked up, right? It is, like, yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting that this word can also have that baggage with it right yeah i was just yeah. I, that was exciting oh, dude this is oh man this is like oh god dude this is what words for dinner really does for me man it makes me feel no. good about shit it also no. like reminded me about moist and the good times that we had during that episode <laughs> even though it's a horrible word for a lot of people it made me you know like maybe we made people like rediscover the canadian band known as moist mm-hmm. i don't know like it's too bad there isn't a band called the sentimental that we could like use for our interstitial music for this episode yeah Oh, like, that'd be great. It's sort of a, it would be a dumb name for a band. That's the thing. No, nah, I don't know. I think it'd be an awesome, awesome name for a band. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so do you have anything else to say about sentimental or sentimentality? I, I don't know, man. Like, not really. Like, I think that. Yeah. Like one one of the things that uh, did, who was it? Who chose this word? Was it you? Yeah, I think I think so. Because what was the word that we did before this? Deja vu. Deja that vu. was you. That was, that was me, you. Yeah, so this yeah. is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to put you in the spot, man. Do you remember what made you choose this word? Choose this word? Yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, I think I said it. No, did I say it in the beginning of, of this episode? It might have oh, been something. Maybe you did. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. So if I did, ignore what I'm about to say because it's okay, probably cool, wrong. Cool. But I know I definitely talked to you about it one on one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, basically, I read it. Uh, in um, oh my god, what's the name of that book now? Oh my god, it's gonna kill me. Hold on, hold on. Everybody, beer, bear with me. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Bear, da Bears, da. Chicago Bears. Nineteen eighty. Oh man, great team. Ribs. Ribs. Um, Meat. <laughs> Mike Myers. Uh, uh. Poetry. <laughs> Book on, it's sure. a book on poetry. This is free associated. Um, oh, actually, it's sitting right here. Should I have it right on my desk? I'm not even lying. Oh, nice. Wait, really? Yeah. It's right next yeah, to you yeah. right now? Madness Rack. What are the odds I know, right? Actually, I feel oh, really right. stupid. Madness Rack and Honey. I'm showing it to you. Uh, our, our listeners can't see. But um, she has a chapter here, Mary Rufu. Uh, called right. on sentimentality. It's the fourth chapter. It's the fourth essay in this book. Um, and so her conversation about it was really interesting. And I think I'm pretty sure that one of the things that's missing from here is me talking about Mary Rufel. Um, I think that we did talk about oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. It's like it's among the the missing infos, dude. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here's the thing, man. It's right. 
that's all right. You don't need to. You don't need to hear me talk more about books I love, right? Which no, is no, the, which no. is literally the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about books that I found today that I want to kind of read besides the hard boiled sentimentality. But anyway, you know what, dude, like, it's all good. And also, like, I know, like, you're gonna like poo poo this, but I do really want to get like some show notes going at some point. I don't even know if it's possible. But like, I even start I've been taking more notes on what could go in show notes, notes on notes, if you will, uh, over the last two or three episodes. So it's not like out of the question that we could do something like that. Sounds good. Uh, I think we talked about in the last uh, episode that we're gonna try and do some sort of blog or at least like website on a blog hosting site you know um or maybe do like a wix like web page or something but uh i gotta find the time to do that um you know i i think uh, dude sorry to interrupt like before i forget Mm -hmm. something like i just want to make a a note for the audience like as (laughs) i keep using the same stupid word Mm -hmm. i want to make an aside for the audience um there if they hear anything weird on this episode besides um, the normal weirdness that they hear from the words for dinner episode, like some like chortles, some crinkles, some huffs, some puffs. It's not a wolf trying to blow the house down. It's actually uh, a dog named Harry. He's he's uh, in the, he's in the studio basically. Nice. And I mic'd him up because I wanted to see what Absolutely he could add it. to this conversation. And uh, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't know if he added that much to the conversation, so uh, I took his mic. So. You don't need to worry about it anymore. But if you hear something, that's what it is. So actually, uh, as you were describing it, you could hear him shaking, like yeah, shaking yeah. his he, tail. Yeah, yeah. He just lay down like on like like a paper or something. I think he <laughs> he's actually lying on sentimental right now. Oh my god, that's, that's <laughs> shit right there. That is deep yes. shit. You can think about that tonight, folks. Uh, so I'm going to give you three other books I found that sound awesome. Oh, right? Sweet. Are you ready for this? All right. Yeah, for sure. First one, Continuum Cyclopedia of American Literature. Sounds awesome. It doesn't actually sound awesome to many of our listeners, but to us and a few others, it will. Really yeah, interesting. Sounds sick. Uh, has a whole section on sentimentality that I could not get my hands on. I tried to order it from my local, my new local library, um, but I couldn't okay. get it uh, in time for recording this but i wanted to put it out there right that it seems really interesting and cool um and then uh the next one is uh there's this cool atlantic article that says what's wrong with sentimentality it's actually it's an interview with somebody um it's an interview with let me get her name her last name's jameson i want to get her first name Oh man, the Atlantic like really nailed it Um, on that one, didn't they? Yeah, Leslie Jameson has a book called The Empathy Exams. Have you heard of that? Yeah, actually, oh, get out of here! I actually got that as a present um, once. Oh, really? For somebody? Yeah, that's it's. Didn't it win the National Book Award or something like that? It's a it's a very highly lauded book. Yeah, yeah, it's super super lauded. Um, is there is there an essay in there on sentimentality? Well, the whole idea of the empathy exams is to talk about empathy, <laughs> and then sentimentality is kind of mixed in there, right? Um, supposedly, okay. it's very oh, good. Great recommendations, man. Yeah, supposedly it's very good. And then the next one, this is great. Right, because this is oh, this is right up my alley. Yeah. Sentimental agents, the Volian Empire. Doesn't make any sense. It's a Doris Excuse Lessing book. Me. It's a Ooh, science okay. fiction book from 1983 by Doris Lessing. <clears throat> it's the fifth book in the Anapus and Argos series, right? Cannabis. No, 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 no. Smoking the reefer. Right. Calm it down. Smoke. <laughs> 
<laughs> littering and littering, littering and <laughs> <laughs> anyway these snozberries taste like snow all right go ahead. <laughs> no uh cano pus okay, argos right, right, right? right anyway so this one <laughs> sure 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 that's what it's spelt like i don't know what do you want from me anyway um supposedly according to wikipedia so you know take it for what it is right yeah yeah the sentimental agents in the volian empire which is the i love volian word so much is a social satire in the tradition of jonathan swift and george orwell right and one of the things that happens oh man where is it oh, i lost it it didn't hold my highlight i gotta say dude like the your recommendations in the last couple of minutes have been like incredible i'm pretty excited about it um have you i don't know like i really like this I, it's making me want to read all these i know i've been i've been on a reading kick lately as well I've been like reading like crazy, mainly because I'm like partially employed and partially unemployed, and so a lot of my time is like me being sad. Yeah, <laughs> being oh, at home. that is yeah. sad. But oh, no, at, least you're, at least you're reading like incredible things. Yeah, I'm not reading any of these, but I want to. You want to? Um, yeah. and, uh, you're yeah. reading about so reading says, incredible things, right? It says that her character, some of the characters in this book, succumb to a condition called indolent rhetoric. And are placed in a hospital for rhetorical diseases. Oh my god, that's incredible! How fucking that's fucking hilarious, <laughs> so right? Fun. To me, I want to I want to read this book pretty bad. I don't know if you have to read the other ones first. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no. Lessing won the uh, Nobel Prize for literature in two thousand and something. Okay. Yeah. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh oh, she passed away. I didn't know she. Oh passed yeah, away. she was like pretty old, man. Yeah, 2007 she won it. Watch, she was like 60. People are going to like throw like burn the words for dinner and like come yeah. me for money. Yeah, she she was kind of like six. No, no, no. She was? No, 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 that's not okay. true. Okay. Uh, she was born in 1919 and she died in 2013. Okay. So she was yeah, 94. I mean, not, that's, yeah. that's pretty. I think we can all agree. I'm yeah. sure my grandma who's in her 90s would agree. That's kind of old. <laughs> um, I used to, when I was like in high school, man, like, do you remember like how distorted your view of ages were like oh I used my to, god like, think like 30 was like basically you might as well kill yourself <laughs> <laughs> i used to think it was so old and now i'm like way older than that and it's like it just makes me like gives me gives me pause yeah yeah no i'm still in my 20s but i've decided to um because i'm gonna be 30 in what seven months or, or six months or something like that wow um man. yeah i know i'm pretty Congrats, excited dude uh thanks i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it um gonna make it uh and I've decided that I'm just going to act like I'm 30 from now on. So, like, I've started, like, disciplining high school students, right, like, in public, right? I've been, like, looking at them, you know, like, really strongly, right? been judging other people. I've been identifying with, like, men and women who have gray hair, right? Yeah. And going, oh, man, right? Don't you know? Yeah. And they're like, we're 70. Get out, of my, yeah. get out of my life. They're like, I was older than you. When you were born, I was like, "All right, all right, let's calm right, right. down. Let's not have a heart attack. I, yeah. you know, I got weak knees. <laughs> you know, arthritis. Let's not even have some rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, it's the all worst. Right. I just, I just was playing with my little Hulk guy and I broke him. Was it, was that Murgatroyd? No, it was just what Murgatroyd. What the hell does that I even mean? Know, I don't know. That's You're the worst action figure, right? But yeah, man, I think that's I think that's good for sentimentality. I think that yeah. we got that. Um, yeah, we got it, man. Do you have any fun? Honestly, those those recommendations, like I think, in my opinion, like I didn't. I think those should replace the game for this episode. Nice. 
Nice. Like, the game that we just played was you offering some legitimately good picks. Mm-hmm. If anyone's read any of those books and can, like, throw us a, yeah, I read that, it's really good, or no, steer clear of it, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a pretty good uh, suggestion there. Yeah. Uh, like well, all right. So uh, this episode is brought to you by Time Travel. Hmm. You've done it. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I guess kind of have, man. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Um, this is, well, besides being brought to you by, uh, like, uh, Back to the Future, the entire trilogy, <laughs> which you should immediately see if, like, perhaps, they, you know, some of our listeners maybe are kind of younger and the, the, the millennials. Yeah. Maybe they haven't had the pleasure of, of seeing that movie yet yeah. or those movies. I highly recommend that. But yeah. that's not what it's – we're not brought to you by that. Um, we're brought to you by mm, – Victorian bathing garb, because Ooh. let's bring that back, huh? Yeah, no, let's not bring. It. Actually, let's bring you're it right. Let's bring it back. Let's bring. Let's it bring back. it back. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just a suggestion. Uh, so um, so yeah, so if uh, you guys liked what you heard here, um, make sure that you're subscribing to our RSS feed wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be iTunes, whether you're listening on Podbean or Stitcher or Google Play or any of the sites that steal from those sites uh, and bring you <laughs> podcasts. Um, yep. You know, so click that subscribe button. Give us a like on there. Um, we're getting a few more likes every time we post something, you know, like one or two nice. across different devices. But still, we're getting them, which Ooh. is nice. Um, and leave us a comment if you can. Let us know uh, what you're thinking and everything. I did notice... You know, oh, especially if, like, uh, you know how to use spell check, you can leave it, leave a comment. Mm. That's what we would I, prefer. It makes I, us look good when no, everything's spelled correctly. I, I don't even care if it's spelled correctly, right? It doesn't matter, right? If it's a good rating... And it's a good comment. I'll take it. Well, I like it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did want to make a shout out that uh, oh, our total amount of uh, downloads has been, well, primarily we, we get downloads from the U.S. We've been, like, moving into other countries. So, like, yeah. we, we've gotten a few from Sri Lanka, I want to call out. Ooh. A couple more from Japan. A, bu- oh, nice. a bunch from uh, the U.K., which, oh, which is really? awesome. Yeah. Um, oh. So... Those are just Frankie. a few. U- Ukraine came back and listened to a couple of ours. Oh, I love those yeah. guys. So, uh, so yeah. So, thank you so much to everybody. It's crazy that you can, you know, kind of, you know, listen all over the world to our insane rambling. But uh, thank you so all much if you're listening. Yeah, we appreciate you guys a lot. Um, we do, we do. You know what? Yeah. Like, honestly, that's very encouraging. It's probably because the masses have been sitting uh, patiently waiting for the, the latest episode to drop, you know? That's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now the entire world is, like, shifting on its yeah. heels, and they're, like, ready to, like, dive in and, like, binge listen, man. Yeah, well, I think, too, like, now that I'm a little bit more settled in Illinois and, like, that craziness is, like, settled down more, um, we might be able to get back to a more like regular recording uh schedule which would be that would be nice that'd be nice and i think like like there are clearly some kinks that we have to work out in terms of our our uh our technological setup but i am impressed with us for the most part yeah true same 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 uh but yeah yeah so also where uh where can they contact us if they need to contact us Oh yeah, of course. Well, the, uh, they should totally email us, and they can do that WFD podcast at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. um, or they can tweet at us, which is uh, our Twitter handle is words for dinner. That's words the number four dinner, 
Um, or you could just uh, yell out your window as loud as possible. We'll oh. Hear. oh my god, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be excellent. I want yeah, vi- we'll come running. I want videos of people yelling out their window <laughs> at us. I want that. Yo, in my Adrian, life. we'll be like, yeah, 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 we're coming. Uh, all right, hey, man. man. It's been real. It has. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Peace.